Hey everyone, welcome back to Chat Theory. I'm your host, Chad James. Hope you guys are having a lovely week. Today, I'm coming back to you with some new information about the Sally Rugg versus Monique Ryan saga going on down in Canberra. We have some new information courtesy of the Sydney Morning Herald. So basically, in a nutshell, Sally Rugg was asking for around 280k, 300k by way of a settlement. Now, Monique Ryan was willing to settle, according to certain reports, but it was the government via the Attorney General who personally intervened to say that settlement is too big. It's too much money. I am denying this. Let's have this out in court. Why? Why would the Attorney General do that? And there's a little bit of conflict in information here. Well, number one, apparently Mark Dreyfus is at arm's length from any of these negotiations between the parties. However, they need his approval for any settlement now that it's been shifted over to his purview. So on the one hand, it's at arm's length, but on the other hand, he's personally intervening. Now, initially, when Sally Rugg filed her claim, It was with the Special Minister of State, Don Farrell. Now, Don Farrell is a Labor senator. He's the Minister for Tourism, but he's also the Special Minister of State. Now, again, he was given oversight of this case, but apparently oversight of the case was handed over to the Attorney General when a bunch of government lawyers in the Office of Legal Services basically said, this is going to have far wide and reaching consequences potentially for all of the government staffers. Because remember, they're all employed by the Department of Finance. And so the Department of Finance, they're insured by Comcare. The the Commonwealth government in Australia, they insure themselves in, in part because they're so big. But Comcare, well, that's a department under Tony Burke, the Minister for Employment and Workplace Relations. Well, that's weird. The insurer for the Department of Finance is a department under another government department. And then you have the Attorney General, who is effectively another minister, having the final sign-off for a case between an independent MP and her staffer. Is there not a conflict of interest there? I mean, is there a whole bunch of arm's length but not arm's length, getting involved but not getting involved, I can't comment on this because I'm not involved. Hey, but I just personally intervened. I mean, which one is it? Well, I'll tell you what, to make more sense of all of this, I'm going to jump on with Nico in a moment to, I guess, flesh it out and try and understand what's going on here. But I'll tell you what, there are conflicts of interest left, right, and center. But listen, just before I jump on with Nico, Wherever you're listening to this podcast, help us out by giving us a five-star rating. That would be a massive help for us, folks, because it tells the podcast apps that you like this content and it'll help to promote us more and more across all of those apps. Also, we don't have ads on this podcast. We rely entirely upon the support from all of you listening. So if you're able to, check out the links in the description to PayPal if you'd like to make a donation or to become a paid subscriber for access to exclusive content. 
But for now, Nico's waiting for us. Let's go and have a chat with him and try and make sense of all of these conflicts of interest. Hey, Nico, how are you, champ? Thanks for making some time for us, mate. It's all right. So I've just gone through with everyone, you know, all these new facts that have come to light about this Sally Rugg versus Monique Ryan saga and how basically the government seems to be able to involve itself on different levels depending on how relevant the case is to the to the government more broadly. This is really confusing for me. So why don't you just explain this to me like I'm five, Nico? How does how does a case involving the Department of Finance end up effectively going to cabinet to decide whether or not they should settle? Um, There's a few steps in there. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a very good question. I guess it's that the the uh, legislation between cabinet ministers looks like spaghetti. Right. It's all like intertwined. So yeah, let's go okay, back to first let, principles. So the Department exactly. of Finance, yep. the Department of Finance employs Sally Rugg and Monique Ryan. Yeah, that, I, I think that's right. Yep. So if obviously, obviously they'd be under different workplace agreements, right? Yeah. 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 So if they're the employer, let's maybe use like a private sector equivalent. Let's say Sally yes, Rugg. We had this. We were doing this exercise before. <laughs> yeah, try to figure this out. We realized it doesn't make sense. How none of the things that you think work in the private sector <laughs> actually work in this situation. So. <laughs> Say, for example, Sally Rugg worked for CBA. Sally Rugg wants to make a complaint about her treatment, hours worked or whatever, at the CBA. Who does she file the complaint against? She'd file it against CBA. Okay. Who takes over? Um, So let's just say like the example we were saying, it was a workers' comp issue, then... It would be CBA would have an insurer and that insurer, I think we used in our example, QBE. So that insurer would then step in the shoes of CBA and they would then, I guess, take over the matter and act on behalf of CBA. And that's what's happening here, except instead of QBE taking over CBA, we have Comcare taking over yeah. the Department of Finance. So, yeah. and and sorry, and how it usually works in these insurance companies is they might have a few legal staff internally, but they just farm off the work to other private law firms, usually that specialize in insurance claims. Maybe like a, depending on how big the insurer is, if it's like IAG, they probably have one of the big firms like, like on a retainer. Uh, yeah, like Clayton mm. Utes or mm-hmm. whoever those other, other guys are. So you got Sally Rugg, CBA, and then the insurance company QBE. And in this actual real life example, we have Sally Rugg, Department of Finance, they're the CBA, and yep. Comcare is the QBE insurer. Yep. Okay, so like you're saying, Comcare or QBE, they'll have in-house lawyers and they'll have external lawyers. So where does the relationship break down? How does this analogy break down? Because at the moment, everything is the same. Everything adds up. How does this start to break down? It starts to break down because in the private 
matter, it's still ultimately the the uh, insurer that makes the decision on whether they settle the claim, whether the claim goes to court, because as far as the law firm is concerned, the insurer is stepping in the shoes of the bank and it's up to the insurer whether they settle the claim in their best interest, right? Right. So, so the insurer signs off on either a settlement or they give the go-ahead to take it to court. We don't want to settle. Yeah. Let's fight this yeah. in court. And and CBA in that example would have no say in it. All they would do is like I think they've got an obligation to report, report it to their insurer as, as soon as the issue comes to light with them and to give the insurer all of the all of the documents they need and things like that. Now, here's the problem. Comcare is a government department. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we use this as an example, and then we realize that none of this shit actually works in government <laughs> because it's, like I said... Well, let's be specific. Sp- sp- spaghetti. Let's be specific. So, Comcare is a government department under the employment minister, Tony Burke. And just so we can give some background on Comcare. So if you if you work for the federal government, um, all federal government employees, I guess they call them the APS, which is Australian Public Service. I think that's the yep the, the name of them. So you're a you're an APS employee. So because the federal government is so big, they don't have private insurance. They have what they call is their self-insured, and so Comcare is their insurer. I think even even um like corporate entities like um that are owned by the government, like Australia Post. Yeah, that's right. Are, are also under Comcare. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they in that in that way they're like the government's insurer, but they're yeah. not like a traditional. So it's, it's the company. taxpayer insuring the taxpayer. Let's let's be clear what's going on here. Yeah. 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 Okay. So now that we've got that under wraps, that's, that's the first sort of area. That's the first link that breaks down in our analogy. But it only gets worse from here because you know how we said there was an external law firm that would advise the insurer? Yeah. Well, who's the external law firm? <laughs> so in, in there's, another, there's another department within the federal government called Australian Government Solicitors. I think we talked a little bit about it on the last show and they usually use the abbreviation AGS. And they fall within the Attorney General's Department. So let's just get this straight. Comcare is the insurer, which is another government department, insuring against another government department. They might have an internal legal team, but they outsource when they need assistance to the Attorney General's department to get Attorney General public lawyers to assist them in legal proceedings. Although, mind you, a lot of the time, um, the AGS is actually inundated with work. And even in a lot of these matters that go to court, they don't have, I mean, they still need to get silks. So... Um, yeah, so they might they, they might hire they still them. hire sure. they still hire um, other law firms and and barristers when they need to as well. Okay, so again, back to what's happening here. Apparently, like I, like I outlined for everyone before we jumped on with you, Nico. Apparently, according to reporting, when Sally Rugg filed her claim, Special Minister of State. Don Farrell, 
who is a Labor senator, right, who is I think is the Minister for Tourism or something, he was given oversight over this case. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa. Special minister? Like yeah. special? And, and guess, <laughs> guess where the special minister of state sits under? Guess which department? Take a wild no, I, guess. No, no idea. The finance department. <laughs> it's like a, it's a circle. So he's overseeing this case, right? It's just gone full circle. The, the, the circle isn't complete yet because apparently Mark Dreyfus, the attorney general, he became the lead minister once the Office of Legal Services Coordination, which is housed within the Attorney General's department, decided that this had implications government-wide. So now, Special Minister of State Don Farrell has handed over oversight of the case to the Attorney General. But this is the weird thing. We've heard that the Attorney General, who is apparently operating at arm's length, uh, I don't know if he's got really, really short arms or, as you always say, T-Rex arms. Yeah, yeah. Because he's apparently personally intervened and said, look, this 300K that she's after, that's way too big a settlement. Uh, let's pursue this in, you know, in, in court. And apparently, like, again, guys, like I said at the outset, Sally Rugg and Monique Ryan, you know, there's reports that say they're pissed off because they wanted to settle. So it's the – it's cabinet – it's the Attorney General, right, that is effectively holding this up and saying, no, 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 we're not going to do a settlement here. We're going to, we're going to flesh Mate, this out. Mate, I guarantee you they had a conversation about this in Cabinet. Right? So explain this to and, me then. And Albo was there. 100%. And they, all, and they all just went, yeah, 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 we've got to intervene, special case. So explain this to me, Nico, okay? Let, yeah. me, let me like lay out once and for all the true extent of the conflict here, in my opinion. So you've got the Department of Finance who employs everyone, okay? Then you have Comcare, which is under the Department of Employment, under the Employment Minister, Tony Burke. Then you have this special Minister of State, Don Farrell, who oversees the case and he sits under the Department of Finance. And then on top of that, you have the Attorney General, right, which is its own sort of portfolio, who is effectively the final decision maker, on matters that are affecting the Department of Finance. So Labor is in government and they have full control over every department here. Now, to make things even worse, Monique Ryan, she's not part of the government. She's effectively an adversary of the government. So the government is acting on behalf of, you know, her as an employer in the office of Monique Ryan to make a decision by the Attorney General that will have ramifications for the whole... Like, I, I don't understand how there is no conflict there. There's like five conflicts of interest in the decision-making chain. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. They're not, they're not probably as well-defined as traditional legal conflicts of interest. Well, there's no <laughs> but, other example of this anywhere in, no. in, in Australia, apart from maybe no. another jurisdiction of government. Like there's no equivalent to this in the private sector. You could never have this in the private sector. You gave the example when we were chatting on the phone before how when one government's in power and they're on one side of the transaction and then their opposition will win the election so their opponents will come into power and then assume that same position in the legal proceedings, which is the other side. Yeah, we were bitching about this with the Brittany Higgins settlement because when 
when this all first started, you had the the labor the labor ministers uh, all supporting Brittany Higgins and, and being out out there saying, yeah, you know, culture culture in the Liberal Party is terrible. And then when government switched and they went to go settle, settled at the first instance. We we don't we don't know what it settled for, but obviously on favourable terms for. Uh, it'd be over a million dollars. Take it. Yeah, it'd be yeah, over a million yeah. dollars. So yeah. at the end but, of the but day, that, but that's but that's the thing. Like at the beginning of the process, they're on one side of the table, yeah. and by the end of the process, they're on the other side of the table. I mean that that's that's like an outright conflict, right? Because mm. you were on one side and then you end up on the other. Now there are certain legal directions. There's an actual policy, right, that says that when the government is involved in legal proceedings, they have to adhere to certain ethics and certain. It's like a code of conduct when it comes to legal proceedings, that could actually be a conflict. That could be like a black and white conflict because they have to act. Do you remember they have to be like a model litigant? They can't just- Yeah, that's right. You went, you, went through, you went through this, right? Yeah, I've been through this on my show previously where basically if, like the government has to make a calculation, if there is liability or a reasonable prospect mm. of liability, they should settle. So then how can you have the attorney general then coming over the top and basically shitting all over these legal services directions to make effectively a a captain's decision as to whether or not they want to settle. I'm not saying the government should settle. What I'm saying is I don't like the inconsistency where you have a massive potentially million-dollar payout with Brittany Higgins, a $650,000 payout with Rochelle Miller. They're the only sort of two that Mm. people will know about. And then in this case, which is potentially maybe a couple of hundred grand, you were saying maximum liability of 90K, the government just decides that, oh, that that payout is too big. We want to drag this out when clearly there are political consequences. So if the court rules that they are unreasonable hours for Sally Rugg, that will give ammunition to all staff advisors across the whole government to demand or to use that as a precedent for reasonable hours. They've got a dog and in this especially, fight. And especially the crossbench. Right. So all of these people have a dog in the fight, yet there's no independent decision maker here because the attorney general is the one who's making the final call and the government has a dog in the fight. Like it, It's just such a clear conflict of interest to me. And at the end of the day, the worst part is, guys, we're paying for all of this. None of these people have their own money on the line here. We're paying for all of this. So this merry-go-round, this circus. They have no skin in the game themselves. Exactly. There's no material consequences for them. It's all political. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the solution to this, like I said to you before, is we have to get rid of Comcare. You cannot have an insurer that's literally a government department. Yeah, look, am I the only uh, one that's like completely pulling my hair out over this? I don't, I don't, I don't know enough to go to be going. Let's abolish Comcare, but you're right. A lot of a lot of things in this situation don't make sense. Well, they at least don't. make the decision making independent of the Attorney General and and therefore oh, independent but, of Cabinet. But uh, that article, that article that was was that a, the SMH article today that yeah, was yeah. discussing discussing the situation. Like on one hand, it goes, oh, they're they're arm's length. And then it says, and then it said, no, but literally within the same paragraph, it goes, it's arm's length. Oh, but the minister's intervening or the AG's intervening. Like what? Okay. This is the actual section of the article that Nico's talking about. 
As the minister responsible for overseeing the case, Mark Dreyfus is at arm's length from any negotiations between the parties, but his approval is required for any settlement. Multiple sources with knowledge of the case said the Commonwealth rejected a proposal from Rugg's legal team to resolve the dispute for about 280k. Here's a quote. It was a big amount, a source familiar with the Commonwealth thinking said. And then if you go to the top of the article, the headline is, Attorney General Mark Dreyfus has become personally involved in the high-profile workplace dispute between Monique Ryan and, and Sally Rugg. So is so he personally is, so involved? Is or is it at arm's length? And then his spokesperson, Dreyfus's spokesperson, said the matter was being conducted by the Commonwealth insurer, so Comcare, if he failed to mention that it's another bloody government department anyway, and would not comment further because it was still before the courts. <laughs> I, th- I think it's kind of that quantum state of responsibility, right? <laughs> that Schrodinger's they're, they're, minister. <laughs> yeah, because when it suits them, they're responsible. When it doesn't suit them, sorry, it's arm's length and there's a lot of space between me and the department and they'll handle it themselves. 100%. That's what they said about Rochelle Miller last year. It was it was just incredible. So Rochelle Miller didn't have a, a, any disclosure issues because, as we know, she'd already come out with all the details. So as part of Rochelle Miller's settlement for the 650 k against uh, the conduct of Alan Tudge and was it Michaelia Cash's offices – you know, she didn't have to, she didn't have a gag order. She could talk about it. So she publicly released the Commonwealth from any disclosure issues. And so when the leaders were asked about it, well, the Attorney General and the Prime Minister would simply say, oh, it's a matter for the Department of Finance. I'm not privy to any of this. And then you ask the Department of Finance and the Department of Finance says, oh, we don't comment on these kinds of settlements. Well, it's like, okay, so the the MPs, the, the representative government, these guys are saying, no, we're not privy to this. I mean, Alan Tudge, Michaelia Cash, even Linda Reynolds with Brittany Higgins, they weren't a party to those negotiations. They didn't provide any evidence or have any input in the mediation. So on the they one hand- They were specifically told not to show up. Exactly. Right? Otherwise, the Commonwealth when, would when pay the, their legal fees. When, when the Labor Party took over. Correct. specifically said, don't show up. Yeah, yeah because yeah, they wanted yeah. to settle. At the end of the day, the message to everyone listening is this. Is the government conducting itself in such a way that they are adhering to those legal services directions? That legally they have to... Sorry, they're not... They're not... Sorry. I I should correct myself. They're guidelines. Oh, right. They're guidelines. Well, there you go. I've just answered my own question. It's a guideline. It's not not binding. That's how they get away with it. So there's no actual legally binding doctrine whereby our government has to adhere to when it comes to conducting themselves in legal proceedings. They can just chime in like Nico's saying when they want and when it's convenient for them, they can say, no, nah, it's arm's length. I'm not privy to those proceedings. It's before the courts. So it's like the pirate code. It's more of a guideline than a code. Oh. Not less so. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think that's right. And the other thing that we were talking about is, like I said, I, I'm not across all the legislation, but with a, lo- a lot of this legislation with departments and responsibility, a lot of these decisions, there's always clauses in this legislation, which leaves a lot of the decisions ultimately up to the minister. Yep. So, but I mean, the, the question is, which minister? It becomes, it becomes like a mesh. 
of minister and they can just pass it. Exactly. And, and that's what we're seeing happen here because it started with that special minister. And then the special minister said, yeah, nah, this has implication for the broader government. So then the attorney general department said, oh, nah, yeah, we'll take over. <laughs> and he's actually in charge of the lawyers that are doing the negotiations. Yeah, right? but, it's, but it's arm's length, though, Nico. Oh, Even though right, they report okay. to him and he makes the final decision. It's all arm's length. So this is what you have to understand, mate. There are different lengths, different shapes, different sizes of arms in Canberra. <laughs> anyway, mate. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for your help. Cheers, buddy. All right. See you. Bye. See ya.